If that song doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what would. Welcome. We have arrived. This is the first episode of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here with my bro, Eth. Eth, how are we doing today? I'm good, buddy. How's it going? It's going good. I mean, I'm pretty pumped to get this going. Finally, we can give our knowledge to the fantasy hockey world and um, help everybody win their pools, right? Absolutely. I'm jacked up. Let's go. On today's episode, we're going to tell you guys a little bit about who we are, and then we're going to get into the fun stuff. We're going to get into the reasons why you're here, and that's to win at your fantasy hockey pools. We have all the answers for you. So tune in every single week as we prepare you and guide you through the whole journey and the long process that is the NHL season. We're going to try to keep these episodes short and to the point so you guys are equipped with all of the knowledge you need to succeed every week. So a little bit of background about ourselves. We've been doing pools for how long now, Eth? Like 10 years? Uh, yeah, give or take. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe 12. Yeah, so around then. And um, I think I've lost maybe like one time. No, and you've you're... lost to me way more than one time. <laughs> But okay, wait. Well, the keeper pool, the keeper pool. I think we're in year. We're going into year nine. But we 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 did pools long time before that. The, but I know the keeper pool, the one with eighteen guys. That's that's year nine right now. Yes. And uh, what you we're splitting that right down the middle, like five four. Five four me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. I know we've gotten rich off our friends, so <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> okay. Let's just talk about exactly what makes us so successful. Because I know you have your own sort of tools that you use. I have my own. And then ultimately there's crossover because we're both pretty good at this. So let's just get into that a little bit. We call that our fantasy philosophy. Guys, before we go any further, I need to give a massive, massive shout out to our sponsor. Yeah, that's right. We have a sponsor. Our sponsor, GT Radio Tires. They saw our work, they saw our content, and they were willing to partner with us before our first episode. So we couldn't be more grateful to partner with such an awesome brand, GT Radial Tires. Get more out of every road, ride, and dollar. Locate your local GT Radial dealer and experience the performance. So, Eth, when you approach a draft, regardless of whether it's keeper, one-year league, what do you think about as you're going along? Okay, the first, first thing that I do, and I think everyone should do this, is you go to the settings, you look at all the different categories, if it's a head-to-head, a rotisserie, whatever it is, you need to know that inside and out because that plays a major factor in the guys you're looking for. There's leagues where, you know, they're very hits-heavy or there's too many goalie stats, it's not a standard league, and you need to be looking at a goalie first. That's the absolute first thing you should be doing. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent agree. If there are two guys that are pretty even, like let's say like, uh, like Anders Lee and Jonathan Druin, for for example, okay, there are two guys that are in the same sort of neighborhood, fifty-five to sixty-five points, like give or take, and 
Lee is just a better contributor of more categories. So in that case, it's it's Lee all day. Unless you think Drouin is going to have a way better season. But if you keep them in the same ballpark, you need to pick Lee in that situation because Lee will get you hits and he'll get you shots. Like similar categories to Drouin, but he will provide more. So pick the guy that's going to cover more categories if it's even. I think we agree on that, right? Right. Well, if yeah, exactly. If it's, if you have a league where you're looking at all those stats, right? There's a lot of leagues too, though, like standard leagues where it's just goals, assists, points, and and then you move on to the goalie categories, maybe wins, shutouts. Those leagues like that, you're not looking at a guy like Lee over Druin, if, especially if Druin has the edge on points. Uh, in, I mean, in, in that case, but ex- like we said before, it's you just got to look at the at the the whole makeup of the league. Another thing I know I use when I'm building out my team is, yes, I am drafting the best player, and that's important. But you, if you have a bench in your league, you want to make sure your best lineup, like a Saturday night when everyone's playing, is your best lineup. You don't want to leave certain players, like let's say you're, he- you're, you're center heavy, and your league allows for three centers, your fourth center, who wouldn't get into your lineup on a, a big night, you don't, you don't want to be in that position because ultimately you're going to lose points yeah. that way because your best yeah. player or one of your best players will be on your bench. So I think that's important. Managing your roster to a, a big night. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. When you're drafting, you need to fill out your starting positions before you're filling out your bench. Yes, ideally. And... On that note, one thing I do, I don't know if you do this, Anth, but one thing I do is that I will look, um, like it's already out, I will look at the days every team plays, because most teams, well, most games, I should say, are Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Those are the heavy, heavy schedule nights for the NHL, but there are teams, like the Ducks, every single year that will be like heavy games Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So if possible, I won't stretch for this, but if possible, I will give the edge to, if it's even, I'll give the edge to a duck over another guy if it's even, because I know that that guy will usually get in my lineup. Right, but that's that's like sort of the last tie break. Like that's something you really got, it's sort of micro, Yes, I but agree. it's something you got to keep in the back of your mind. Right. Yeah. Well, let's, okay, let's move on to the next one here. We have, if you're worried about a guy, steer clear perfect example for that this year would be Dustin Bufflin. Yes. Who, as we're recording this, there's a lot of uncertainty about his future in the NHL. He took a leave of absence from Winnipeg. And at this point, the talk is that he might actually retire. So if you're in a draft over the next few days and news hasn't come out updating the situation, do not draft him. Do not, unless it's like your last pick, don't draft him. Let him be someone else's problem. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't even take him as my last pick. Like then you're then you feel like he's yours, and you, and you don't know what to do with him. He won't be on IR. He'll just be sitting there, and you'll be waiting. It's just a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. That it's not frustrating. Needed. Yeah, but if it's a deep league though, and you're looking at some hacks at the bottom of the list there, that I mean, I don't know. You could take a flyer. On the same point, somebody who's injury prone. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't want him as my problem. I will gladly take somebody who I view as a similar a similar level, similar yeah. points level. Maybe the ceiling wouldn't be as high for an injury-prone guy, 
But I I would still rather take the other guy because I don't want to deal with that problem. Yeah, yeah, that's key. That's another one of those tie break things. If a guy has a, a history of injuries, take the other guy. Take the guy who's going to play. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on to the next point, and this this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Even I don't I don't listen to my gut a lot of time. You see, guys do this one all the time. Yeah. Don't fall in love with a name. There are players that are elite and have been elite in the past, putting up huge numbers. And for whatever reason, whether it's age or bad season, they've fallen off. Don't fall in love. Don't fall in love just because that player is a big name. And and not only that, it's like, for example, Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton is a big name. Big name. He's very popular. But he's not fantasy relevant anymore. Like, maybe he'll get you 50 points and like 11 goals and nothing else. Don't draft him. Don't draft him as Joe Thornton. Draft him as what he is now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very true. Very true. Let's go on to the next point here. And this this is a big one for me. Trust past productivity. And this is key when you want to find a steal in a draft. A lot of guys, they have, they'll have down years for whatever reasons, whether it be injuries, you know, bad line mates, whatever it is. If a guy is in the eighth year of his career and the first six... He averaged, I don't know, we'll say 60, between 60 and 70 points. And in year seven, he drops down to 40. Guys are going to stay steer clear of him. We're going to say 40 points. I don't want to deal with 40 points. But that player has shown in the past that he is a 60 to 70 point guy. And in most cases, and obviously it, it varies from team to team and what the outlook on the guy is, how his deployment's going to be. But most of the time, he's going to get back to that because he's shown that that's the player that he is. Yeah, agree with you 100%. But then there is a point where you have to factor in their age. Yep. And if they are slowly like on the downturn of their career and they're averaging, you know, less and less points over a few seasons, I wouldn't be like, you know, they're due for big, big points because that's what they did the first eight years of their career. No. But like you said, if it's somebody that's 30 or like around 30, I think that's exactly right. You know, you should definitely keep that in mind. See, yep. a guy this year that this comes to mind for is James Neal, okay? James Neal had a bad year in Calgary. He did not fit in. He didn't fit in with the system, didn't fit in the co- with the coach, fell out of favor, and he had, what, seven goals last year? Yep. But, but previously, he's been a consistent, proven 20-goal scorer. We put it up on the Instagram. Every year of his career, I think he's going into year 11 of his career, and he never had never scored less than 20 goals. So last year with the Flames was the first time. And entering this year, a lot of people are afraid to draft him, looking at what he did last year, 19 points in 63 games. That's awful. But change of scenery, he should go back to the player that he is, and that's a 20-goal, 50-point guy. Yeah, yeah, you can lock him in for 20. Lock him in for 20. Um, Okay, and the last point here I wanted to touch on is consider the little things. Uh, there's a process I go through for preparing for my drafts every year. And one of them is that I go on cap friendly and I check the contract status of all the players. And if I see that it's a, it's a UFA year or even an RFA year, I will look at them a little differently for two reasons. One is that players tend to perform a little bit better in their contract year because they're playing, they're playing for a contract. And two, 
if the player isn't on a good team, there's a likelihood that they're going to get traded at the deadline, which may or may not give them a little more value, but most of the time it does because they will go to a better team. Yep. So that's something that I think of. Also, in that stream of thinking, the trade deadline is usually before the pools trade deadline. So if a guy gets traded... People automatically, you know, they get excited about a player in a new situation. And it gives you, like, higher trade value with that player in your own league. Yeah. So I, I think that's a small thing to keep keep mind of. But, yeah, check out the, the contract status of the players around the league. And just make a note of these guys on draft day. There's a lot of... A lot of little things I look at. Those are two. Those are two big ones. Another thing is, like, heading into this year, the Kings, they have a new coach. A lot of teams have a new coach, for that matter. But... Yeah. Coaches, people argue that they don't make a big difference. I think they make a huge difference. They they come in, they change systems, they play guys differently, and that's something that that makes a difference. Uh, you just need to keep an eye on how the the lines are looking, how the coach is planning on using these lines. That's why preseasons, uh, you you got to stay stay on the ball and look at a lot of these things. The next point I wanted to make is, and this I think is extremely important a lot of guys you see them start to lose focus a little bit maybe in the middle of the season the guys who always do well are always active yeah. oh. you got to stay active you got to always scour yeah, the waiver wire just see who's there you know even because i i even do it too i'll see that a guy was added on the, my waiver wire and say wow that guy was there how did i miss that those things can make the difference between winning and losing I know that's a key one for you too, Mike. You're always on the friggin' waiver wire. Yeah, stay active. It's so important, and it does such. It makes such a big difference. Yeah. Just stay active. Always have, you know, always be looking at the league. Always be in tune with what's going on around the league. There are streaming options always. You know, a guy, a third liner gets bumped up to the top line because of injury, couple weeks, whatever. You need to be active. If you have a chance to add a guy that's a streaming option, you have to do it. And and we'll be here we'll be here weekly kind of updating you guys on who should be added, who should be dropped, and so on and so forth. We'll 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 do that and we'll try to keep you guys up, up to speed with that stuff, but you have to be active. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And something I wanted to add to that too is part of staying active is always looking at the other teams too. You got to look at what other teams got going on. Uh, Just check their rosters because a lot of guys have players who are underperforming and they will pick it up, right? That's another thing based on past productivity. If a guy starts super slow, it's also in season. He's probably going to turn around. So, I mean, that's something you got to monitor. It varies case to case, obviously. But... If you're always looking at other teams, you can say, wow, this guy's got a few guys who are underperforming right now. Let me see if I could nab one of them off of him for cheap. It's all a buy low, sell high type of thing. Part of staying active. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you guys stay active. And if you have any questions for us along the way, we're going to do this at the end of every episode. But send a tweet to hashtag FHB questions. We'll go through them all every week and we'll answer your questions on the podcast. So bring them in, tweet us away. Uh, we'll take care of that for you and we'll try to help you guys out with everything along the way. Yeah, and uh, starting on the next podcast, we'll start running down some players, some guys to look for uh, in your drafts, bounce back candidates, uh, sleepers, you name it, buyer beware. We got, we're going to have all of that. 
this was just a this is just an introductory sort of get you thinking how we think. Uh, start winning like we win, maybe. Yes, hope and, that's, the, uh, that's the plan. Thank you all for listening to the first episode of the Fantasy Hockey Bros podcast. We can't wait to do this every week. In the meantime, make sure you follow us on Twitter and on Instagram as we prepare you for the upcoming season. Happy drafting.